Hello and welcome, Nationals fans, to the Dogcast. I hope you're all swearing off Canadian bacon this week. I'm your host, Blake Finney, and rumour has it, even I stole a base off Russell Martin today. <laughs> Joining me this week is one of the hosts on Masson and podcaster at Masson All Access, Paul Mancano. How are you doing, Paul? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on. No problem at all. It's great to have you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I know Bobby joined the podcast earlier, Bobby Blanco, my co-host for the podcast. So uh, finally, we are even, and he no longer has that over me. <laughs> yeah, we had to get the other half of the yeah. <laughs> Uh, so first off, we're going to look back at the next series with the Blue Jays. I guess we kind of have to, obviously. It wasn't a particularly pretty sweep, but did anything positive stand out to you during the series? I mean, today, I think, uh, was probably the biggest positive. Earlier on in the series, you know, the, the pr- issues were the offense. Uh, and then today, the offense wasn't the issue, finally. Uh, they put six runs on the board, um, probably could have had more. They battled back twice. Uh, and Michael A. Taylor was uh, really stole the show, pun intended. Yeah, definitely. It was um, it's refreshing to see him uh, kind of coming around at the plate. We uh, With the struggles starting off the season with all the strikeouts and you thought, is he going to revert back to the Michael Taylor that we saw before last season? But he started yeah. to pick it up. He five for seven this series and obviously the four stolen bases all today, which was pretty remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. And he moved into first, I think, uh, in league leaders for uh, stolen bases, moving past Trey. Yeah, I think uh, I think he went past Trey and Ender Inciate in this yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, as you said in the open, you know, even you stole a base. Uh, yeah. <laughs> today. Uh, I was also pretty impressed with uh, Anthony Rendon this series. Went 5 for 11, couple walks. And even though he went 0 for 4 on Saturday, I think everyone went 0 for something against Estrada. And yeah. it was really impressive to see him coming along with some of the slumps of Turner and Harper. Is that kind of what you're seeing is he going to be hitting third and fourth going forward? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, you know, he struggled a little bit. I think a lot of the, uh, you know, his struggles could have been maybe written off as coming back from injury when he had that toe injury and he was a little bit hobbled. Uh, but, you know, this guy is so consistent. He I mean, besides Harper, he might be, you know, the most consistent hitter on this team. Um, just how good he's been offensively and defensively the last few years to see him get back to his normal uh, his normal swing. And obviously he contributes as much as he does on defense. I mean, that's huge for the Nationals lineup. If he can be the borderline all-star that he was last season, that'd be that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the all-star thing is uh, he's only not been an all-star because of the competition that he's got. Yeah, there, like exactly. And Brian. Exactly. He's uh, he was. I think he was certainly deserving last year. He got on the the final vote, I believe, and uh, just missed it. So I mean, you know, he he definitely he was up near the top, if not the top, in WAR last year in the National League. So uh, yeah, he does he does it all. So he, him getting back up to his average went up at almost ten points today alone. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, he's slowly climbing back to that three hundred that he had last year. Yeah, definitely, and. Um... Another player is coming back from injury. We saw Daniel Murphy mm-hmm. uh, coming back again. Obviously, he still definitely looked a bit rusty in the Yankee series, but we saw him square up plenty of balls yeah. in this series. Uh, and he even played some first base, which um, <laughs> I actually wrote about, I think it was Saturday morning, and then they put him in at first base. And is that, <laughs> his, uh, is that his position moving forward, potentially? 
I mean, it was certainly interesting to see. I don't, I don't know how much Davey Martinez is going to mess with it. Um, it. It might be tempting to see, you know, if, if Ryan Zimmerman remains out for uh, an extended amount of time, hopefully we get him back. But, uh, you know, if, if Zim is out for a long time, yeah, I think you try it. Um, you know, he, he didn't make a fool of himself at first, uh, you know, so I don't know how much experience he has at that position, but uh, considering how hobbled he was, uh, you know, coming back from injury and also the fact that, you know, he was never a great second baseman to begin with defensively. So, uh, I mean, what they do after this season, you know, whether he sticks with second base is his long-term position after this season, we'll see. But for this season, I think his primary position is going to be second base just because Wilmer, Wilmer Defoe is good defensively, but he doesn't have enough to offer offensively. Yeah, I think it, like you say, it is going to depend on the health of Ryan Zimmerman because then you start, you can't start carrying like three first basemen if you start carrying Adams, yeah. Reynolds, yeah. Zimmerman, and uh, potentially Murphy. But yeah. I think the the one thing that does concern me is that he made, I think he made six errors in eight games down in Harrisburg. Yeah. So I do, I do wonder whether he is still hobbled by that. And it, it does, again, it depends entirely on the health. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is, uh, his spring training, basically. He said it when he came back that it would have been nice to have some spring training because when he was down in Florida, he pretty much spent the time just, you know, picking up a ball that was being rolled over to him. That was about it. Uh, so, yeah, he needs he needs time. Everybody needs a little bit of time. We saw how Ryan Zimmerman basically skipped spring training and it took him at least a month for him to get back on track. So I'm not as concerned offensively about him yet, but yeah, defensively, because of the way he's moving around, uh, it could be an issue. And today we saw it actually, him running the bases, trying to go from first to second on a throw home, couldn't make it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, like you say, you've got to find a way to get his bat in the lineup, especially with some of the offensive inconsistencies. But yeah. you're going to have to put up with that defense. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just how it is. If he If he is hitting... 322 like he did last year by the end of the year then you'll take the defensive issues that he has yeah absolutely uh and uh with the offensive struggles we had harper and turner going combined four for 23 and it's um i think they struck out a combined eight nine times something like that <laughs> yeah, um right. how concerned are you about harper obviously i think in the long term he's gonna be playing for this team i don't think there's any doubt about that <laughs> yeah but is it time to potentially give him a few more days off in the coming coming weeks yeah i don't know exactly what's going on there uh you know he has downplayed it a lot uh in his dealings with the media and said you know i'm just kind of missing balls recently but there's no question he's in a slump right now uh i mean since june 1st just looking up his stats he's batting 163 um and the thing that got him through the first few months even when he wasn't hitting consistently was he was always hitting the long ball. He was, you know, he had home runs to, to kind of rely on, even when he wasn't hitting singles and doubles, but he's hit just one home run in the month of June. So it's, it's slightly concerning. I mean, he is, I just think he has changed so dramatically as a player. He's evolved. Um, Bobby and I are doing a piece on it this week for Mass and All Access because he's, every year it seems like we get a different version of Bryce Harper. This year it was high strikeouts, high home run totals, and not a whole lot of anything else, low average. And now the average is going down, and now the home runs are disappearing. So I think he's he's constantly changing his game, and I think he'll figure it out eventually. It's just a far cry from the fact that he had, what, he had 313 last year. So 
it's weird. It's 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 Bryce Harper changing his game yet again, and I think he'll I think he'll figure it out. Yeah, I think if he's hitting at say two twenty two thirty, but he is hitting the home runs, he's getting the walks. You could you can live with that sort of hitter, especially in this kind of day and age where a lot more people are hitting home runs and walking a lot more. Yeah, exactly. And you know he's he's evolving to the to the trends of Major League Baseball overall, and it could be you know this recent uh, swell in the past couple of weeks. They're missing Zimmerman. They just got Murphy back. Um, you know, they were missing Adam Eaton hasn't been playing every day. So maybe he is kind of feeling the brunt of, I have to be the main offensive guy here. I have to, uh, you know, take the team on my back. He does, he does better. I think when he's surrounded by those guys, as you know, you would be, you would expect him to be. Uh, so, you know, if you get Murphy back to hundred percent and he's back to, uh, being the Daniel Murphy, we've come to see if you get Ryan Zimmerman back, if Adam Eaton's playing every day. I think that'll help Bryce Harper get out of this. Yeah, I think it it's a bit of a catch-22. You want to play him, but you're also um, kind of wary of him and his slump. And you've got three good outfielders who are hitting really well at the moment. In <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the nice thing about this team. They, they, they do have outfield depth organizationally, you know, they uh, from top to bottom, really. Um, and the funny thing about, you know, this was not even expected to be Soto's year to make his major league debut and he's been absolutely terrific. So they've, you know, they have outfielders. That's not the concern, but in a, in a contract year, I would be concerned about, you know, in any way disrupting Bryce Harper's rhythm or, or making him a little bit upset that he might have to sit for a game. Hmm. Uh, in terms of the pitching, we actually saw kind of a down series for the pitching. We had Gio and Roark giving up nine runs over 10 innings. And before that had been a strength. And yeah, is that something that you're concerned about long-term? I think those guys probably are going to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think these guys are, you know, Gio had a terrific first couple months of the season. Um, he had his, maybe that might have been his first bad outing uh, of the season. Really. If you look at, uh, you know, how he's done all year. He's He really has not given up uh, looking at his stats now. Yeah, it was the first time he gave up more than four runs. So he had back-to-back, -back, you know, worse outings, I would say. Um, you know, going back two weeks ago against the Giants, he gave up four runs and then he gave up five. But before that, he hadn't given up more than three runs in any outing. So, uh, you know, you can't expect Gio to pitch like an ace. He's not the ace of this team. He's the third starter on this team. Um, so him having a bad outing, I'm, I'm not concerned about, and I'm probably even less concerned about Tanner Roark because Roark also is having uh, a great season overall. He hasn't gotten the wins to back him up. Um, the team just for whatever reason doesn't seem to be hitting whenever he's pitching. Uh, uh, but today, you know, he, he didn't have his best stuff. Uh, he had to get pulled a little bit early and, you know, but he still is uh, having a terrific season. So I'm, I'm not too concerned. The only concern I would have with the pitching staff would be, Steven Strasburg, uh, you know, getting back fully healthy. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think you touched on it. You're not expecting these guys to be the aces of the start. If they're the aces, then you're concerned. But <laughs> yeah. if, they're, if they're your third and fourth starters, you can take a, a bad outing every now and again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, you know, they, they are not expected to be one, two. They're not expected to be two, three. They're, these guys are three and four. Uh, so, you know, when you get to October, you know, they're going to be, you know, third and fourth in that rotation. You, And the way that Scherzer is pitching, I mean, you know, he is having an even better year than last year. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned about the pitching staff at all. Hmm. 
So we're briefly going to touch on the weird game and a half that we've got with the Yankees. <laughs> it's a strange one where they're going to start at 5.05 Eastern and mm -hmm. they're currently tied at 3.3 heading into the bottom <laughs> of six. Yeah. Um, and I think they're going to have quite a reduced roster because quite a, quite a few of the guys have now gone on the DL or back to AAA. So yeah. how do you see them handling that one? It's going to be interesting. Um, it's a situation you don't see very often with uh, you know them picking up a game, especially this much later. Sometimes they'll do this where if they have to postpone a game, they'll save it for the next day. This was such a weird case where it rained for a week straight before, you know, then they were lucky that they're even able to get this, you know, game and a half underway. But uh, yeah, it's going to be what Davey Martinez does in this game and a half is going to be really interesting because, you know, how do you, it, it, it is, you know, a game and a half that comes right before uh, another big series at home and it's against the Yankees too. So it's, you know, it's another opportunity to show that you're one of the best teams in major league baseball and you can compete like one. Uh, so we'll see how he plays the, the, uh, this team. I would expect though, it would kind of be like a doubleheader. you know, he, especially after uh, a, a full weekend of games, you have a game and a half on Monday, then you have games Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I think he would, he's going to give a lot of these guys some more rest, especially the way that he's been playing Adam Eaton where he's been giving him a lot of time off and same with Daniel Murphy. So I don't, I'm not going to say he's going to punt on any one of these game in, games and a half, but I think that he'll, he'll definitely give a more reserved uh, style to the way that he manages these games. Yeah. I think the something that may be key going forward is Roark short outing today and they had the burn Miller. Madison. Yeah. Um, and you're going to have, cause you've got to go straight to the bullpen in that first half of game. Are you going to try and throw uh, I think Wonder Swero finished that one off, so he might be able to finish off with a couple innings in that game. Is yeah. that something that they could look to do? Yeah, probably. That would be my guess because uh, he's te yeah, as you mentioned, they, they didn't pull him, so you know he was still technically pitching when they had him out there. So um, they can throw him back out there. Yeah, the fact that he wasn't used today, I think, um, you know, that doesn't seal it, but I think that that gives a, a, an incentive that he might be. But you you mentioned it. The does hurt that they have to to burn a lot of bullpen. Uh, and you could tell that Davey wanted to, to give Roark as much a chance as he could, but at some point he just had to pull the trigger after uh, just four innings. And they, you mentioned they had to use Sean Kelly, uh, Collins, Miller, and then Madsen ultimately. So four guys there. Yeah. It, it would have been funny if the Yankees still had Tanaka who was in the game, but he yeah, was, yeah. and he could have gone say 10 innings in one game. But. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then in the, in the second half of the doubleheader, it'll be Eric Fetty against Sonny Gray again. And obviously the Nats came out on top in that one with, I think it was Soto who hit the two home runs in that game. Mm. It's going to be a, a tricky one. I think Sonny Gray pitches a lot better away from home. Uh, yeah. But what, what have you seen in Eric Fetty's couple of starts in the bigs this year? He's gotten, I think he's, he gets better the more opportunities he has. Uh, you know, we saw very little of him last season it was not that it wasn't unfair to him the the situation he was thrown in but he just had to to fill a certain role last year uh it was you know desperation time when they didn't need anybody they didn't have anybody rather else that they could throw out there and he didn't pitch very well he pitched in only three games and pretty much got shelled in the few games he did but in you know he's pitched in two so far this year and he's you know he's gotten hit around a bit I think you just the more time you give him, um, you know, the better the better he'll do. Um, going up against Sonny Gray, who 
I think that would be a great out. As you mentioned, it would be a, a good matchup if they were at Yankee Stadium. But for whatever reason, Sonny Gray has been lights out on the road. So, uh, yeah, it'll be – I think Eric Fetty will settle down a little bit. It just – it stinks also that it has – this start has to be up, going up against uh, the Yankees who are as hot as ever. Yeah, he has a weird habit of facing some of the best offenses because I think yeah. it's the Rockies and Cubs in a couple of his starts last year. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, you know, facing the uh, – who did he – earlier this year, did he face the Yankees? I think he did. He faced the Yankees last week, but he faced the Padres. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But I'm looking it up now. Yeah, faced the Cubs last year and the Rockies. <laughs> I mean, that's – yeah. You, you it's He's just the one guy in this organization who's kind of gotten shortchanged with uh, – you know, I mean, the, the situations he's been thrown into. He's one game away from facing the Orioles as well. <laughs> well there, you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh so obviously we've brought Paul on to help preview the Orioles series. So obviously mm. you watch a lot of them with uh with Masson and they're twenty and fifty so far this year. Yeah. Bottom of the AO East. Uh and somehow it's managed to get worse since we <laughs> I think they they won their first game against a team not called the New York Mets today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, what, what's changed since we last saw the Orioles? Yeah, it's it's somehow gotten worse, as you said. Uh, you know, it's it's funny because, well, in a dark way, I guess, because, you know, earlier this season, back in April, uh, when they started to go downhill, people were saying, well, okay, this is rock bottom. This is, this is the pits. This is where they turn things around. And it just never happened. And it, for whatever reason, they have not been able to get out of it. And they, if they had lost today, uh, that would have been 10 straight um, and uh, would have been, I think, like 15 out of their last 16, something like that. Uh, it's brutal. Um, today was kind of cathartic because they finally scored some runs. The offense finally burst out. They scored eight runs, which is crazy. They used to do that all the time last year. And all of a sudden this year, even though it's just about the same lineup, they can't do it. So, uh, yeah, since the, these two teams met, by the way, when that national swept them in the first battle of the Beltways, uh, the Orioles have, have – things have gotten even worse for this team, and they are uh, still at the bottom of that AL East. Mm. Yeah, so against the Marlins, they had Jose Arrania dominated them over eight scoreless innings. Uh, Marlins took that two to nothing. And then potential Nats target, JT Realmuto, hit two home <laughs> runs in a 5-4 win. And then, obviously, for some reason – in baseball, when you need need runs, they all come at once in one yeah. game, and they were they won ten four today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They uh, and they used to, it's, that's the thing is last year they used to have all these Sunday wins where the bats would be hot. Uh, you know, Camden Yards would be at least semi full, and uh, used to be great days. Not anymore. It just doesn't seem like for whatever reason they can't string together some hits. Oh, they had a weird stretch where seventeen of their home runs. 17 straight home runs were solo homers. And it's just, it, it, that just speaks to how weird this season has been for them. I think if you, if you were to run a simulation of the season up until this point, a hundred times, you wouldn't get this many losses once. Um, it is, it is so weird. The fact that all these guys have just suddenly stopped hitting. Uh, and it's just, it's a, it's a shame because now it looks like they might have to, to make some changes. Yeah. I think there, do you think it's, potentially getting into some of the players' heads that they're, yeah. they could be trade bait in July and that's kind of what they're thinking? Yeah, definitely. I think I think that definitely has a factor. I mean, we saw last year with this team, they got 
you know, they got to September. They were right around 500. They were still in that wild card race, a game, a game and a half back. And then they lost one, they lost two, they lost three. And then all of a sudden, not that they gave up, but they just seemed to lose hope. Um, it was weird. And it we're seeing the exact same thing this year. It, it seemed like, you know, they start off the season okay. They uh, won two out of three, I believe, against the, the Twins. And they were, um, you know, they won three out of four against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. And then they started losing. They had four-game losing streak. Then they had a five-game losing streak. And then they just, uh, you know, it, it things started to go downhill. And there are so many guys on this team that are on expiring contracts that are veterans um, that are definitely going to be dangled in, as trade bait. And I think that could be definitely getting into their heads. Mm. So in terms of players to watch this series, I know uh, Adam <laughs> Jones has probably been one of the only Orioles hitting lately in his last yes. games. He's hitting 356. And I think he's the only Orioles hitter that's above 250 in that time. Yeah, that's which is sad. Yeah, but that's that's true. That Adam has Adam is always almost always it seems like every season going to hit two eighty five and hit twenty three homers. I mean, he every year it just he seems to be doing that. He started out the season slow, but he's right back up to that. The one thing he doesn't do is get on base in terms of walks. Um, still a free swinger, uh, and that's been fine when the Orioles have been hitting around him. Uh, but right now it's just a little bit more pronounced. But yeah, he's been doing pretty well. Had a hit at least one hit today. And Machado is always a guy to watch out for. He has been in a mini slump for him, um, but he got on base again today. Um, you know, he made a nice play at shortstop. He's starting to settle in at short, uh, still hitting over 300, still has 18 homers, over 50 RBIs. So uh, Machado, I think, is still always the guy to watch. And for Nats pitchers, they got to steer clear of him. Yeah, it says something when your slump is hitting 250. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. And you're still hitting 308 <laughs> for the season. Uh, I did notice that they'd, I think they benched Chris Davis a couple games ago, and now it's going to be Trey Mancini's job, I believe. Yeah, it's, they're, they're kind of messing around with it. Um, Chris Davis is, you know, everybody in, in Baltimore has taken note, is not having a great season. Uh, he is batting 150. He's on pace for a career high in strikeouts. Uh, you know, he's only got three or four homers. It's bad. It's bad for Chris Davis. Uh, today, um, they actually started Caleb Joseph's brother, uh, who they just called up from the big leagues and put him at first, and they had Mancini in left. They're trying everything at this point. Um, you know, I, I would guess, yeah, they'll probably uh, put um, Mancini. You know, they won't have the, D the benefit of the DH because they're playing at Nats Park. So we'll see. Uh, if Davis does continue to to be sat, though, um, you know, probably Mancini at at first base, uh, and then left field could be Jace Peterson, or it could be Joey Rickard, or one of their multiple platoon guys. Yeah, I think especially with no DH, I don't think we're going to see Chris Davis much. Maybe a pinch hitting appearance late in a game, but yeah. I think Buck Showalter seems intent on having him sit and clearing his head. Obviously. Yeah, you can't do a lot worse at the moment. Exactly, it, it's it's a bad situation for everybody. I mean, it has been well chronicled. It's the only guy that can get him out of it is him. That's the frustrating part because he's on this huge contract, so he's basically untradeable on that contract, um, and he's 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 struggling. They they don't have many options to replace him, and they they have to pay him for years. So 
he, the only thing that can really get him out of it is him starting to hit because then he makes himself more attractive in trades or at least looks better to the organization. But right now it's, it is bad. Yeah. I'm going to try and have a positive note. It, <laughs> yeah. was, it was good. Good to see Zach Britton back and um, back in the bigs after his definitely uh, bad injury last year and not giving a run, a run up in three games. Has he looked like the Zach Britton of old so far? Yeah, I mean, he uh, his first start or first outing, I guess, was a little bit rough. He struggled with command, but didn't give up any runs. Walked three, uh, but today he didn't get the save because it was a ten four game. But he pitched the ninth, um, and yeah, he's he's his stuff looks good. Um, they said for a while they kind of danced around it, but he's a little bit ahead of schedule. I don't think they were ready to have him back at this point. Uh, but he worked hard in the off season to get back to game shape got back really quickly and uh you know it's still yet to notch a save just because of the team around him but uh today he looked got those final three outs look fired up on the mound he is going to be if he's not the closer for this team down the stretch he's going to be a heck of a trade piece yeah absolutely i think yeah i think he came off after the minimum for the 60 day dl which after the injury yeah. is pretty miraculous it really is yeah especially because people were saying when he went down oh he's he's gone for the year that's it and, uh, you know, they kind of quietly said, Buck, Buck, like, started to say a few times ahead of schedule and then stopped himself. He was like, hey, he's, a, uh, he's doing well. Uh, so they, he, he, he came back pretty darn quickly. That speaks a lot to, to how hard he works. Yeah. And like you say, he, he's going to be certainly an interesting piece to watch. I remember we, we talked about it with Bobby when he was still trying to come back and going on rehab assignment and hmm. if he can go back to the Zach Britton of old he's going to be a huge piece that's going to be really sought after for a lot of teams whether oh, yeah. it's whether the Nationals can work something out with the Orioles we know there's a bit of friction there is another matter but yeah uh, he's definitely going to go somewhere if he can keep pitching like this I feel definitely oh definitely I mean last year he was uh, uh you know people were a lot of people were surprised he wasn't traded at last year's deadline the Astros were heavily interested um, there were a couple teams vying for his services and they ended up not pulling the trigger. Now I think they know it's got, he's got to go at this point, uh, if they want to get anything for him. And, uh, you know, he could actually bring back a heck of a return. We, I mean, we saw with the Chapman deal, you know, a guy on a, uh, expiring contract that, uh, they ended up getting for, uh, you know, four great prospects. So if the Orioles can fetch that kind of return, that'd be, that'd be uh, dream come true well yeah absolutely you've got the perfect scenario that's exactly the same the chapman deal you've got the astros who desperately need some bullpen help yeah and potentially again they were interested in him before that's a another potential fit yeah and i think uh the other team would be the indians too i think they have really struggled with their bullpen um mm. so there are going to be some teams in the playoff hunt that need a closer and if he if he, the thing is, you don't want to overexpose him because you don't want to get him injured. They saw that happen. With, they injured, they didn't injure him, but Richard Blyer, uh, maybe a little bit too much work and, and, uh, ended up getting, uh, a, a major injury, straining his lat and he's out for the season pretty much. So, um, you know, you don't want to get him injured, but you just want to show teams just a little teaser, just, Hey, this is what you could have. Uh, if you decide to pull the trigger on him, and uh, I think that they could they could get something good for him. Mm. So, which Nats uh, Nats players do you think are going to be key in this series? That's a good question. Um, you would like to see Harper get back, I guess. Um, I think Anthony Rendon is. I think he's feeling fine. Finally, I think he's starting to hit. 
Um, and I think he's getting back to, we're not going to see him bat 260 this season. I think he's going to be a 280, 285 hitter at least. Um, that's just what he's, he's been the last few years. So I think Anthony Rendon gets it back on track. The way the Orioles pitchers have been going, I think just about everybody has a chance to hit on this Nationals team. Um, but also, I mean, we talked about it earlier, Michael A. Taylor. Good to see him getting back. He's another guy that really for what it had just kind of, kind of an uncharacteristic swell at the beginning of the season. But uh, four stolen bases today, three hits. Uh, his average is just slowly climbing back up to 236. So, uh, you know, it, we would like to see him uh, come back and, and be healthy and, and do well. And then Daniel Murphy, obviously, you want to see him. He's going to have a breakout game or breakout series at some point. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, I think Taylor's particularly interesting because the Orioles are sending uh, three right-handers. So in right. the game coming up to the series, I think they'd um, they'd left him on the bench in favor of having a lefty stacked outfield with Eaton, Harper, and uh, Soto. But maybe you sit Eaton for a game who's still coming back, even though he's hitting really well. Maybe you do sit Harper for one game. Yeah. Just to get Michael Taylor the at-bats because right now you can't sit him for too long. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the way he's he's hitting, you, you got to keep him out there. Yeah. And uh, David Hess is starting, I believe, the first game on Tuesday. He's actually looked good for the Orioles. He's been one of the few bright spots, I guess, for them, but um, didn't have a great outing last time he was out there. So uh, a righty that the Nationals at home have the, the potential to uh, to beat up on. Can tell you work in TV. You've given me a nice segue there. We're going to look ahead to each of the matchups individually. So obviously David Hess starting mm -hmm. on Tuesday against probably Jeffrey Rodriguez. That hasn't been confirmed yet at, mm -hmm. on Tuesday at 7.05 p.m. Eastern. Jeffrey Rodriguez 0-0 with 0 ERA. He's only had the one appearance this year. Right. Uh, did you get to see that appearance against the Braves? Obviously, it seemed quite impressive for someone who hadn't pitched at AAA yet. Yes, I think probably the uh, the most intriguing part about him is the fact that his name is actually said, pronounced, pronounced Jeffrey, even <laughs> though his name is Jeffrey. It's just such a weird, weird uh, scenario. So, yeah, uh, it didn't get a whole lot of exposure to him. Um, but two, two young guys, actually, I mean, two guys who are new to the big leagues getting their starts. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how they do. David Hess, I think might regress a little bit. Um, no pun intended, but he is, uh, you know, he's, he's been actually perhaps the most consistent starter for the Orioles. So, um, we'll, we'll see how he does against, uh, Rodriguez. Well, yeah, we saw David Hess pretty much go stride for stride with Scherzer. We went six innings, only gave up one run, albeit one strikeout. So mm -hmm. I don't think the Nationals can take him lightly at all. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, and, you know, he does have a propensity to give up the long ball. Um, he's done it several times. The, the few outings where he has struggled, he's been hurt by the long ball. It happened against the Red Sox, and it happened in his last start. Uh, but he does uh, also. Um, you know, he has gotten that strikeout total up a little bit. He had only, I think, like seven strikeouts in his first three starts combined, something like that, but he's gotten better at that. So um, we'll see how uh, how Hess does. And then who's starting that uh, the second game on Wednesday? Uh, second game, we've got Andrew Kashner against Gio Gonzalez uh, Wednesday at 7.05 p.m. Gotcha. Gio Gonzalez, 6-3, and 301 ERA. And Andrew Kashner in his first start uh, since being placed on the DL about 10 days ago, I think. 
yeah, an eight with a four nine eight ERA. It's kind of reminiscent of Tanner Roark's line a little bit, exaggerated on the ERA front. But uh, <laughs> what can we expect from Andrew Kashner in this start? Yeah, he, you know, he's a guy who um, had a great year last year. Um, he's, you know, he has struggled this year. Um, I think just like Alex Cobb, the Orioles seem to pick the wrong time to sign these guys. They were both coming off kind of career years late in their career, and it seemed like it might have been fool's gold, and they bid on it maybe because they were just kind of desperate for a starting pitcher. Um, Cobb has been uh, a major disappointment. Kasher, Kashner has been a disappointment. Um, so, you know, he has not gone very deep in, in any games, and uh, he struggled definitely the first few outings. He just doesn't have – like great stuff. I think that's, that's perhaps the biggest thing about him. Um, and he, he's never going to have, he's never going to be a top end pitcher um, as much as the Orioles would like him to be. So, uh, you know, Kashner, we'll see if he, uh, if he can start to get back though. Yeah. I think it, it's going to be a tough one against Gio Gonzalez, who obviously we talked about before he's allowed four home runs in his last three games, which he wasn't doing before that. He only allowed three prior to June. So yeah. <laughs> uh, getting to Nats Park rather than Camden Yards, maybe it's a chance for him to keep the ball in the park. And yeah, and it doesn't necessarily line up favorably for the Orioles against Geo. Yeah, a little bit more of a uh, slightly more of a pitcher's park down in D.C. Um, <laughs> and Geo has, has traditionally pitched well at home. So, um, yeah, we'll see about that matchup. And I expect Geo, as we mentioned, you know, rough start um, in game two, I believe, of this series, the sweep. And uh, I expect him to have a bounce back outing. And the way the Orioles have been hitting, just about anybody can, uh, can you know, can shut him down. Uh, even Jose Urania in his, with his one and eight record. <laughs> yeah, uh, he actually dominated the O's back in May. Seven and two thirds, six hits, two walks, three strikeouts. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he's not unfamiliar with shutting down the O's. And I think <laughs> that's going to be the case in this one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Orioles went... However, how many games without with scoring three or fewer runs? Um, I mean, they've been shut out uh, way too many times, and they just, for whatever reason, it just seems like when one of them is not hitting, none of them are hitting. So uh, if Gio gets a few innings in and he's still rolling, you know, the bats could just go very, very quietly for the Orioles. Mm. And then it doesn't get any easier on Thursday when they've got Alex Cobb against Max Scherzer Thursday <laughs> at 7.05 p.m. Max Scherzer 10-3 and 3 with a 2.06 ERA. And then obviously pretty much the exact opposite, Alex Cobb 2-9 and 9 with a 7-4 <laughs> ERA. Yeah. Uh, is this going to be as lopsided as it sounds? <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I don't want to, you know, the, the, the game's got to be played. But, yeah, the last time... Uh, because this, this is a tough go for the for the O's having to play Scherzer twice in a matter of less than a month. Um, and the last time Scherzer went up against him, he what eight innings, no runs, um, two hits. So he had struck out twelve. So uh, yeah, it's it's kind of rough. Um, Scherzer has been mowing through everybody as we know this season, uh, and. Um, you know, I, this might be one of those, we, we talked about, you know, Davey Martinez not uh, have his bullpen being a little overexerted as of late. If the, the Orioles bats look like they have all season, they could end up, 
you know, he, he could have a couple starts right in a row where his starters go eight, nine innings back to back. <laughs> yeah, I think if there's any ray of hope for the Orioles, then mm. he has given up two runs in his last three appearances. So he might be human after all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoa, hold on, hold on. <laughs> we'll keep the Cy Young on hold. The Hall of Fame isn't calling anymore. We'll get freezing cold takes involved. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's... Um, you can kind of relate it to the the start that Scherzer had against the Blue Jays when everyone thought, oh, Marco Estrada got a poor record as well, high ERA, and then mm-hmm. he went and shot out the Nats for eight innings, go figure. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Scherzer didn't even pitch poorly in that game. I think he gave up, what, two runs? Yeah, I think and, it was uh, two runs on three hits. I think he... Yeah, it was like one of them was a, a home run. hit. Blue yeah. hit and then the home run to Devon Travis, who exactly. I have an irrational hatred for now. <laughs> yeah uh it was that was such a weird situation it was like one of the few times where he actually did not get a win that he completely deserved yeah um so yeah i think it's again it's not one you can take lightly but you do expect the nationals to probably take a series win from this yeah absolutely the fact that Cobb at this point in the season is 12 starts in and still has an era over seven it's uh you know, they. I thought they got rid of Ubaldo Jimenez last year, but I. Yeah, I guess not. It's it's been it's been that that bad. You know, just ask the fan base. They are they are not happy with their new new pitcher acquisition. Yeah, it's not good when your fielding independent pitching is five point two one, and that's still lower than your ERA. <laughs> yeah, no, that that is the weird. And the the thing is, like, every, just to show how I, I've gone on and on about it today, but just to show how bad. Uh, and how tough this stretch has been and weird this has been for the Orioles. Their defense, which has traditionally been great under Buck Showalter, they've been in first in the league. They set the record a few years ago for fewest errors in a single season. They've been, like, not last in the league, but bottom third and bottom 10, like 25th and 26th in a lot of categories in errors and fielding percentage. It's just so such a uh, an off year for them. Uh, just all around and it's it's you gotta think some of it is going to start to turn around but it just hasn't yeah it's 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 a really weird situation because obviously 20 and 50 that's on course for about 110 losses and it won't be that bad but again if they're going to trade some of these guys at the deadline it may still be triple digit losses bad yeah I mean, that's the thing is it, not that it, it could get worse because I never liked You don't want to say that at this point. Uh, but yeah, if, if they end up, if their best hitter gets dealt at the deadline and Manny Machado, you're not going to be a better team after that. I'll say that. No. <laughs> uh, just to round off, we've got a few listener questions. So from Vicente Bachin, I think it's Brazilian. Uh, okay. Can this team still make the postseason without any trades? Uh, can the Nats make the postseason? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Orioles, I don't know. Uh, um, you know, I think they can. I think absolutely this team, as as currently constructed, um, definitely can make the postseason with that without any trades. That being said, I think they're definitely going to make some moves. Um, I, I mean, it, you know, add add your thoughts as well. But I think you're, they're probably looking at one or two relief pitchers, don't you think? Yeah, I think. They can make the postseason without making any trades just because the NL is so weak. And thank mm-hmm. God we're not in the American League with that stacked wildcard. But yeah. whether it's wise to try and do that is not very wise. Um, yeah, so yeah exactly. they, they have to look at a couple relievers. It's The bullpen has been quite good of late, but mm-hmm. perhaps you go out and get 
I don't know, maybe not a Brad Hand, but maybe someone like Craig Stammen is someone that we've talked about before, someone who can give you a quality couple of innings every time he goes out. Yeah. Uh, maybe a starting pitcher, depending on how Strasbourg and Hellickson work out. Depends on that injuries. But again, you're kind of looking at the the low end guys. I don't think they're going to go out and make a huge splash for anyone. No, definitely. And they, you know, nor should they, I think at this point, what they did last year was, I think was just perfect, you know, getting three bullpen guys uh, right at the deadline and they all did well down the stretch. Um, right now we're starting to see Madsen maybe show some signs of age. Um, so maybe, you know, his, his role is up for grabs uh, if you end up do bringing somebody else in, but yeah, I mean, Mike Rizzo does not like to just sit on his hands and let things play out. He likes to. He's a man of action. So I think uh, I think they'll they'll make at least one move to to bolster this team. Yeah, I think the the position to watch is going to be catcher. I don't think they're going to make a mm -hmm. move for Real Muto. I think if they were going to do that, they would have done it in the off season. Yeah, uh, and the Marlins probably haven't budged on their price. But maybe you go after perhaps the Buffalo Wilson Ramos or Francis. Yeah belly just to bolster that catching position absolutely i've been banging the wilman wilson ramos drum for a while now i mean he was beloved when he was here um you know really had a terrific year right before that final season um you know when he had just weird injuries and uh he, he talk about a guy who was had rough luck not just on the field but you know getting kidnapped He's a guy that I think fans would openly embrace, and he's done really well for a team that is, in all intents and purposes, tanking. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's hitting 300, and he could well be the American League All-Star. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the Rays are going to have to send somebody, so <laughs> might as well be him, I guess. <laughs> uh, one of our other questions we had uh, from Stephen Newman, how is the infield going to shape up with Murphy back in the fold? I think we talked about it before. Mm -hmm. Um but I think Wilma Defoe getting a little bit hot and he's actually kind of exceeded expectations trying to fill in for Murphy in the first half. Yeah, you, definitely. I think, um, is he going to be a, a part, especially by a regular part of this going forward? I think he's at the very least, Wilmer Defoe is one of the more underrated uh, utility pieces, maybe in the league. I mean, what he's done last year and this year, um, you know, last year he had 270. Um, he had five homers and he just, he played 124 games last year. That's something like, and he was never talked about. Uh, he was, you know, not on the national spectrum at all, just kind of invisible, but just getting it done when he needed to. He was a major reason why that team stayed afloat with all the injuries. Um, so yeah, I think he deserves a chance. Definitely. Uh, if, if Daniel Murphy struggles, uh, at second base, if he, looks as bad as he did in the minor leagues defensively. Um, you know, Wilmer Defoe is going to get some starts. And it, at the very least, they'll use him to try to spell Murphy to get fully healthy um, and get ready for the postseason. Because Defoe, one, they're, they're not that much worse with Defoe in there because of what he adds defensively. And two, uh, he's earned it. Yeah, absolutely. I could definitely see him hitting, say, seven or maybe with the, the hips that hitting nine yeah. Um, where he did really well uh, earlier in the season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he he deserves it. He, um, you know, he's not the average isn't quite there, but for a utility guy that's mostly defensive, he does just enough. So, uh, yeah, if you know this, Davy Martinez is playing the long game. He's not getting impatient. He's he's going to try a lot of different things. He realizes that this team has the talent to be 
the best team in the National League by season's end. And I think he's just going to try some things. As we saw with Murphy starting at first, he's going to going to move some guys around that infield. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, he also had a follow-up question about Carter Keeboom, who's tearing it up in single A, but he says, could he be fast-tracked through the system? And Ooh. I think one Soto is going to be the exception to the rule, not the um, not uh, not the pattern, because I think Soto's play approach is the key thing in this, where yeah. he'll draw more walks than strikeouts, where if you start throwing Keeboom up there in the majors, he may be overmatched quite easily. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I don't think there's any need to bring him up at this point. There was, you, you, you mentioned it, he was the, Soto was the exception. Uh, he's not the rule. They didn't want to do this. This wasn't the plan for him. This was all because um, they lost uh, Victor Robles at the, you know, in the very beginning of the season. So they were absolutely desperate for some outfield help. They called up Juan Soto and he answered the call, but he, that is not normal. And, uh, you know, Carter Keeboom is, I, he's a year older than uh, Soto. So he's, it's not like he's got a whole lot of experience in the minor leagues either. So let this guy develop, give him an opportunity to grow in the minor leagues. If you have a, if somebody, if Turner goes down, if some, you know, God forbid, then you might have a reason to call him up if he still hits well, but give this guy plenty of time in the minor leagues and let him work his way up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I think that wraps up. I want to say thanks to Paul for joining me. He's been a great guest to have on. Uh, where can our listeners find you if they don't know already? Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I'm at Paul Mancano on Twitter. Um, you can check out my podcast with Bobby Blanco, uh, at Masson Nationals, at Masson Orioles. We do an Orioles podcast as well. If you want to hear something a little bit more depressing, uh, and we, you can catch me on Facebook. I got a Facebook page and check out our, our Facebook page, Facebook, uh, on Facebook, rather Masson Nationals. So, uh, give us a, give us a follow. Yeah. I, I highly recommend the Masson All Access podcast to try and listen to that when I can, maybe not the Orioles one. I don't need that <laughs> depression fair. in my life. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that is definitely fair. The mood is a little bit more somber on that one. Uh, so remember to check out some of our content on site this week. Sean Addis, our Blue Jays fan writer, actually wrote about how Tanner Roark was an unsung hero. So I think that was some reverse psychology <laughs> sabotage there. Uh, and then I took a look about whether Murphy's immediate future is at first base, which we saw at the tail end of this series. Remember to follow us on Twitter at District on Deck. Give us a like on Facebook, District on Deck. Uh, subscribe to our podcast on Spreaker, iTunes, and Google Play, and you can get episodes automatically downloaded. We'll return on Thursday night as the Nationals prepare to face the Phillies for the first time since Wilma Defoe's walk-off hit in May. So we'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs>